A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Poe Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the Dead Poe Hitter. You can find me on Twitter at Dead Poe Hitter and the podcast at Poe Hitter Pod. Coming at you with another main event player movement breakdown with Mr. Todd Whitestone from SPStreamer.com. If anyone doesn't know, Todd writes a free article on SPStreamer.com that pretty much sums up the movement from the NFBC main event. All 47 teams, top added players, most spent on players. He also goes through the standings. He highlights some categories, some stat categories. Looks at where they're heading and trending to to reach the 80th percentile mark that um, pretty popular to try to achieve in the main event. Um, and a lot more stuff in the article. He always brings ton of entertainment value too with his podcast. I mean his articles coming through with some kind of movie or pop culture reference. So check it out on sbstreamer.com. Support Todd. He puts in a lot of work into it, and he's a really good dude, and um, he works hard at it. So uh, please support Todd in that adventure that he's doing, and check out sbstreamer.com. There's a lot of good uh, stuff on that site for anyone and any range of fantasy baseball knowledge. I hope everyone is doing well. Um, the world sometimes feels like it's turning upside down, but you know we still have to do our best to stay optimistic and keep doing what we can do in our life to make sure um, that we are not being bags of shit and that we are, you know, putting our best foot forward every day. Um, you know, just remain positive and stick into your business. Try not to get too stuck into, you know, going down holes that. Um, it's just not necessary, you know, it's good to be aware of what's going on and be informative, but um, it doesn't have to drag you down um, when it wants to. It's a heavy pull. It's like an anchor that's going to, feels like it wants to sink you to the bottom of the ocean, but, um, you know, you only get one shot at this life, so you have to make your best effort to, you know, do what's right for yourself and your family and your friends and your dogs and everything like that, so... Um, yeah, everyone needs that to find that mental space where they can find a good balance and hope everyone is doing their best to do that these days because it definitely feels like it gets harder um, for sure. So um, if you ever need to reach out and talk, just hit me up on Twitter and um, we could talk and have a chat. So um, with that being said, um, we are at about 50%, almost 50% of the Major League Baseball season is done. Fab season is slowly uh, coming to, you know, its head right now. We're getting our last last couple guys that are coming up. I think that'll draw a lot of money. Um, and so 
going to be a lot of nitpicking going forward, a lot of uh, strategizing even more in terms of how to balance your roster and what you need to carry for the rest of the year to win. So, um, And if you're in last place or your team isn't doing so good, just, you know, all I could ask is for anyone to just keep putting their best foot forward, keep trying, because sometimes you could learn so much just by, you know, something you may not expect it from. So keep putting in the effort to move up the standings. You'd be surprised what you can gain from, you know, going from 12th to 9th or, you know, 9th to 6th. Um, just um, there's never an opportunity that you could uh, skip to learn how to get better and to keep competing in fantasy baseball. So hope everyone's doing well. Peace. Enjoy the show. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast. Rob D, the dead poor hitter. I'm here with Mr. Todd Whitestone. He of the SP Streamer fame. It's Todd, what's up tonight, Todd? How you doing, Rob? Good to see you. I think uh, we got a few games in the afternoon. We got a few more tonight, so I'm looking forward to uh, the baseball day. Yeah, it's a good baseball day. It's always a good baseball day. Um, I've been enjoying... Uh, Seeing, you know, like all the new debates that pop up on Twitter, um, you know, will J-Rod go in the first round? Some people say he's 1-1. Um, yeah. It's it's cool. It just makes me, I think we've been talking about this for a while too. So it's, it always gets me in the mood to, you know, really start thinking about uh, next year's drafts already, you know. No, it's kind of, it's <laughs> kind of fun because it sort of it gives you a clean slate. You know, you like you can, you're not beholden to uh, anything that happened in March of last year. Absolutely. Totally, totally makes sense. Um, and yeah, you know, it was a wild weekend. It was a Vinny P weekend, as we'll get yeah. to later on in the auto in the uh, in the pod. But um, I know uh, you wanted to try to do something cool tonight yeah. before the yeah. seven o'clock games get started. So why don't you tell everyone what you got in store for us tonight? So I thought we could do a little quick pick'em game, Rob. So uh, where we would each get four pitcher starting pitchers from the games that haven't started yet, obviously. And uh, I divided them into four groups um, based on the NFBC start percentage in uh, all 47 leagues. So, you know, we didn't, we, I didn't want us all to end up with just the, the highest rated guys. That isn't as much fun. So I thought uh, there, I divided them into four groups. There is one group that just has two pitchers. Mm -hmm. So uh, by using some strategy, you can, um, you could go with that early if you wanted uh, to get the pitcher you want out of those two some, but the others have uh, four or more pitchers in them. And then what we'll do is we decided we'll go by the K minus BB uh, ratio at the end of the evening. So if one of your pitchers has a seven strikeout, three walk performance, that gives you plus four. And then we'll add all four pitchers up for you and all four pitchers for me. And we'll see who has the better plus minus ratio uh for just for bragging rights not for any uh any money or anything else just thought it'd be kind of fun to see what we can do all right i like it i like it um definitely just looking at it for the first time now so i'm excited <laughs> speaking of drafts you know we're doing a draft so this yeah, is, uh, i get you i get you a little draft it's not uh, quite a nfbc main event but it's all good um, i like it i like okay, it okay okay so, so um, let me just read off the group so that people uh, that are listening could, could sort of follow along a little bit. The first group is uh, the 100% owned pitchers, uh, Aaron Nola, Christian Javier, Max Fried, and Luis Severino. Then we have uh, the four in the second group, Alex Cobb, 
uh, Mitch White of the Dodgers, uh, Kelly of uh, the, the Diamondbacks, Miles Nicholas of St. Louis, and then the twosome is Josiah Gray of the Nats and Corey Kluber of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. And then the last group has actually six pitchers because they're all very low on rookie Brian Bellow of the Red Sox, who's pitching his debut tonight. Bayo, Bayo. Bayo, sorry, Bayo. Uh, <laughs> Brad Keller, uh, Glenn Otto, Mitch Keller. So we have two Kellers. Uh, we have, and then we have Spencer Watkins of the Orioles and Jose Urena back from, I don't know where he was. But he's back, baby. So anyway, he's back. He's back. He's <laughs> unbelievable. So I asked you before we started: Do you want the uh, first, fourth, fifth, and eighth picks, or two, three, six, seven? And you asked for two, three, six, seven. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. So uh, I will take the first pick then, um, and I think, I think I'm trying to fig- figure out which guy has the biggest edge over the others. And I'm, I'm not going to go with the top group, I think. I think I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go with uh, the rookie, Bayo, because I figure out of the lousy guys, he's – he's should have the best um, the best ratio. So I'm going to wow. go with that. I'll go with him first, and then you get the next two picks. Interesting. That's an interesting pick there. Yeah. I, I just think the other guys are – Highly questionable, but we'll see. Right, right. You can can definitely wait on the last group because I'm not going to pick another one. Yeah, yeah, that's sound strategy, sound strategy. (laughs) Um, Let's see. This is is an interesting choice. Uh, So the first group at Freed, Severino, Nola, Javier. Um, Right, right. Freed at uh, St. Louis, Severino, Pittsburgh. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, man, Todd, you made this a, a very, very interesting game. It's, tough. Here. It's, it's not as easy as it sounds, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's go with, to start off, I'm going to go Aaron Nola. Nola, okay, that's a solid pick. Um, and then... See white, white versus Colorado. Cobb. I might go Cobb. Let's see. He's pitching against. Uh, Cobb is pitching against Arizona, Arizona in in Arizona. In Arizona, but he walks a ton of guys. So K minus BB. So I got to be careful about that. Um, <laughs> You know, got to be careful about that. Yeah, be careful. Be careful. Um, let's go with uh, my man, Miles Mikolas. Miles. Okay. Yeah. He's usually solid. Yeah. Okay. That's what All I'm right, going so with. Now you, so now I, I'm going to take my choice of the of the twosome because that's the only one where you can actually pick a guy. Yep. So, so I'm going to go with Josiah Gray over Corey Kluber because Kluber is in Fenway Park. So I think I'll, uh, 
I don't want to go against Bayo. He's my <laughs> other pitcher. So, so, okay. So I'll take Josiah Gray. That leaves. So you have to take Kluber at the end. There's no, yep. there's no, no choice on that. And then, um, so now I can pick one of the other guys. It doesn't matter what order because uh, you can't pick another guy from those areas. Yep. Um, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go Max Freed in the top group because I think he's been pretty good at giving the Braves length. And, and then I think that'll help him maybe get a couple more strikeouts. I like it. So I'll go with Freed. And so that means you can, you have to pick a guy from, well, you have Kluber ready. So you, yep. basically you just need to pick a bottom a guy from the bottom group now. A guy from the bottom group. Hmm, let's that's, see. Let me just tell everybody that's Brad Keller, Glenn Otto, Mitch Keller, Spencer Watkins, and Jose Urena. I'll be shocked if you take Urena. <laughs> God, <laughs> he's, uh, he's one of the worst pitchers ever in baseball. Uh, you can't um, take him. Can't. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness gracious. Um, I'm going to go with... Hmm, man, Mitch Keller against the Yankees is kind of enticing just to just to really, you know, <laughs> root against the Yankees tonight. Um, but you know what? I am gonna go with Spencer Watkins against Watkins. Texas. Yeah, I'm gonna go Watkins a, against Texas. That's surprising to me. Okay. That's surprising you, huh? It's surprising me. I, I don't not a fan of Spencer Watkins, but it's it's not a great group. So I, I <laughs> I'm not either. I'm just not a fan of anybody <laughs> else on that list. <laughs> It's terrible list. All right, fine, fine, fine. Yeah. All right, so that leaves, I just, there's really just one pick left because you have Kluber. So mm -hmm. I, I need to pick either Alex Cobb, Mitch White, or or um, Kelly. Why am I forgetting his first name? Kelly from uh, Arizona. Merrill Kelly. Merrill, that's right. Merrill, well, I'm drawing a blank. So Cobb, yeah, Cobb, the problem is is the walks and then he doesn't go deep into games. Um. And right. white, it, white is the same thing. So I think I'm going to – who does Kelly pitch? He pitches against the Giants at home. Giants at home, yep, yep. All right, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try the Giants at home. I like it. Giants last two weeks, 25.3% K rate. Yeah. 7.4% walk rate versus righty. So you they're got a not, good shot there. They're not that good. All right, so let's recap before uh, we go to the other things. So, Rob, you have Aaron Nola, then you have Miles Mikolas, you have Corey Kluber, and Spencer Watkins. I love it. And then I got Max Freed, uh, Merrill Kelly, Josiah Gray, and Brian Bayo. Nice. We'll, we'll add up the um, we'll add up the, uh, the K's and walks, and we'll see we'll see who who comes out ahead. I love it. I love it. I'm excited about this, Dodd. Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll see if, if it's a good enough game. We'll, we'll expand it and we'll use it for some of our guests uh, in future episodes. Love it. Love it. Fantastic. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's get into the article. Get it. Sure. Start us off with the movie, um, with the movie reference, because this <laughs> is a good one. So, okay. It, with the title of my article, if people didn't see it, is... Uh, Vinny P, you're my density. <laughs> you, and, had me, uh, you had me texting you, Todd, like, wait a minute, is that the right? Rob, <laughs> Rob and, and uh, Michael Simeone, who's uh, the, the, the 
proprietor of spstreamer.com both separately texted me a minute apart to say, did you, did you make a mistake on the title? And uh, I didn't make a mistake, but that kind of told me that maybe um, it wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. But no, anyway, you know what? I just forgot about that line. Like I'm, you know, I, I, I'm a big movie guy, like especially older movies. I, I don't watch a lot of the newer movies, but older right. movies, you know, when I was young, I really loved to watch movies. My brothers had the VHS collection, like out the butt. You know, we had a catalog. People used to come to our house, Todd, to, to uh -huh. like rent, rent movies from us. You know, we'd have like usually three, three on a VHS. We had them numbered. Wow. You know, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we had oh. those, uh, you know, those wooden turnstile things. Like they were closed oh, and they were they yeah, would yeah. open up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had that, and it was just filled with VHS and people. And you know, we we used to tape like everything. We used to tape all the wrestling on TV, like Saturday Night Main Event, all that stuff. And like people, literally, like our friend and my brother's friend, you know, they would just come and like literally, we had a book. We had a book with, you know, but that's just like the nature of me and my brothers too. Like and. It, just stems like into the fantasy baseball now like we just love record keeping we love like you know adult, like keeping everything in order you know and that was oh, one of our it. things with the movie so um so this one well the many times i've watched back to the future i was you know i was mad at myself that i missed it you know and i actually <laughs> would tell my wife at the beach i'm like man i can't believe i, I forgot about that you know so uh i apologize for the you know the the hectic text of Todd, what, what is happening here? What you know? is happening? Well, it's funny because Michael uh, texted me actually about 30 seconds before you. And he, he normally, he publishes the articles, you know, himself and he looks them over, I think quickly, but anyway. Well, I he, texted I text him first. <laughs> you did? I texted him too. So he probably <laughs> texted you off of okay, me well, texting him. And then, and then the, I texted the you. Thing is, I think he said, he said to himself, Oh my God! How did I, how did I let this guy publish it on his own? He didn't even get the title right, you know. Uh, so anyway, uh, yes, it's about Back to the Future. Uh, that was my uh, line, and I, I, I tied it in with a a couple of gifts that I think if people haven't seen it, they will enjoy. Um, when he says your identity, and I think, I think, um, Vinny, where are you was, going, Lorraine? <laughs> Sorry, I had to do my Biff Tanner. Yeah right. <laughs> yeah, right. And then uh, I think Vinny P was the destiny or density for a lot of uh, players this week um, because, you know, he was uh, the big attraction. But we can get into that a little more. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. First, maybe just quickly mention the MLB environment okay. uh, is about the same, but a little bit better on home runs. Home runs are ticking up. So in order to get a couple of percentage points improvement in home runs up to 1.08 um you know you really there really have to be a lot during the week rob or else the number won't move after you know so many weeks of data yep. so yep. I, actually i do think that th there was a lot more home runs this past week and uh i think scoring is back to normal it just was inordinately down in april and that's still a drag on the numbers, but I think right now it's pretty normal, if not even a little ahead. Um, so if you go from this point forward, I think it's really not different than 2021. Right, um, right. 
yeah it's definitely i feel like the um it's still it's still funny though i still feel like you get those some nights where you know and i don't know if we're just hyper focused on this now so you see a night where across the board there's a lot of three twos and two ones and you're like you know you're screaming out what's what's going on you know and i know i know a lot of people still have you know questions and and i guess doubts about how you know, the maintenance teams are handling the balls and the, you know, and the humidors and it could be a big thing, you know, it's just like if it's being mishandled in, 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 in some spots and not in other spots, it's just going to lead to a lot of variance. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's something we can't control, you know, right. we can right. try to, I guess, look at which parks might be a little more hitter friendly. You know, I, I tried to dive into that a little bit looking at, you know, the, the, the parks that have had the humidors in the last couple of years and they've pretty much been on pace and yeah. the teams the teams who have just got the new humidors are are are, are, are kind of catching up to um the numbers you know that the teams with humidors in the past have uh, i guess because they have some continuity there you know you have ballpark guys who maybe you know if they hold in the same job you know if they have the same clubhouse managers they have the same handling of the ball they understand it you know so you get more consistency there but yeah. I don't know. It's it's a lot to uh, try to go into that. Yeah. But but um, it, I don't it, know if you can really adjust your own fantasy approach. But I do think the balls were different in April. That's my opinion. Yeah, I just, I just don't think whether they had a crop of balls from previous uh, production runs or some, or they actually tried to make them less bouncy. I don't know. But you know, there were some some guys that hit the tar out of the ball and it you know, it was just barely to the left fielder. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, last week's, um, last week's home run to fly ball was, um, oh, sorry. I had that, I had that toggle for ALNL, but last week's home run to fly ball was the best week of the season, 13.9%. Um, and this week, even though it's very short, um, is so far a second. So, um, Yep, definitely turning yeah. the page for sure, you know. Um, I agree, I agree. Yep, yep, and, uh, I like it. The other thing was that strikeouts were ticked up again. So it seems like when home runs do really make the move upwards, the strikeouts do go back up. Maybe the hitters get a little, uh, you know, more confident. They're taking bigger swings. Mm -hmm. And uh, therefore, they're striking out a little bit more than they used to. It's just a theory. But anyway, it's, it's still well below last year. 8.34 versus 8.68 but and i don't think it's gonna wipe out the difference but it, it was up just slightly over last year i wonder um, how much movement on on pitches change you know as it gets warmer you know like yeah. like vertical horizontal like you know um i wonder if there's data to show that you know if it, it becomes harder to hit a baseball maybe as well i don't know i don't maybe, have but, that's something i, mean, I, I have heard pitchers say that you know, the curveball doesn't drop as much in Coors Field, uh, especially in the summer, you know, that uh, there's not as much vertical break. So, um, yeah, it, that's that's one thing, too, because, you know, I like to look at the I like to look at the player breakdowns on StatCast on the game feed and you see the pitchers, you know, you see the vertical movement and it shows, you know, in relation to what they've been doing in previous uh, starts, you know, if it's right. up or down and um, it shows the inches uh, difference and. No, I remember the first couple of times I looked at it, you know, in Coors, it's like, oh my God, this guy is so much different. Like, what's he doing different? And then I'm like, oh man, dummy, it's Coors, you know, you just, 
kind of just have to uh, take that with a grain of salt, you know? I know. I, there's that, and then there's the fact that the, the outfield is so huge at Coors Field that even if it was a regular park, I, you know, it's really hard for the outfielders to cover that much territory. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Oh, um, but anyway, um, I also updated, uh, I don't know if you want to go through any of the individuals, but I updated the 80% stats, Rob, um, for all 10 categories for the main event. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're pretty much the same, um, but, but I still think it's interesting to take a look at it and just see um, if there's something that sticks out uh, that for your teams that, you know, you think you're trending higher or lower than any of the 80% marks. Uh, I'll just mention the ratio stats, the three ratio stats. The batting average is 256 exactly, which is pretty, pretty strong. Uh, ERA is 3.365. And WHIP is 1.141. All three are about where they were, but again, um, I think uh, I think it's a good idea to sort of keep tabs on them. Yeah, it it uh, it definitely is. Um, you know, I think I, I go back and forth in in, in trying to uh, apply it with a mix of you know last year's numbers and this year's numbers, or do you just use this year's? You know. Um, it's obviously you could try to just prorate what's happening now. Um, you can also, you know, maybe kind of try to anticipate the, the environment that we might be seeing in baseball, you know, in the future, and then just kind of tweak it. And then you can even add in what happened last year as, you know, uh, a, a way to, um, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, but my teams, I mean, specifically, I, I don't know. I, I feel like um, if you didn't draft saves, it's you know obviously tough. Um, but yeah. I think it might get you know it just tends to get a little easier later on in the season when yeah. teams maybe you know start dropping some guys that they don't need if they're well right. ahead in saves uh, and just get some more pickups uh, along the way. Um, and yeah, now, you did a great job last year, Rob, when you um, you needed saves, but you didn't need it, if I recall correctly, K's and wins as much. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, so you, were, you were having a lot of relievers. Um, is that still the case? Do you think you're trending that way, that you're going to be looking for more relievers as you get down towards the stretch? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's trending that way hard on, on one main the other main might be a little better recently. Uh-huh. I just picked up Trevino and I'm just hoping he goes on a run. So if he can be, if he can give me a little bit of that run I need, I feel a little better about then only having to get, you know, a couple more speculative guys, maybe even a couple of half guys to get me where I need to be to definitely try to win the league. You know, it's going to be yeah. to get to the overall, I'm going to definitely need, you know, some home run hitters like, Finnegan was last year, you know, that just uh, yeah. get him for a couple bucks and he gets 11 saves and that's huge. Um, yep. On my other main where my saves are a little uh, slightly better. Um, I have, so on my first team, I have Hader and Trevino. So hoping to just, uh, you know, try to add a couple more guys to that. On my other main where I'm doing a little better in saves, I have Liam Hendricks, I have Trevino as well. And Ryan Helsley, um, I've also been throwing Michael King in there for uh, the last couple of weeks as uh, uh-huh. he's been great. He's been picking up some wins and strikeouts yep. and yep. 
Um, and then, so, and I have Whitlock coming off the IL. So if he, and this was the part of my plan, well, not plan, but part of my thinking into, you know, um, how much money I was going to bid on Pascantino because I really needed power and we'll get to that. But, um, and, you know, I felt like being a little safer in, in saves than my other team felt a little bit like comfortable and going more aggressive and feeling that if I can get Whitlock to come back as a closer or a semi-closer and uh-huh. I also picked up um Andres Munoz again just as another like Michael King type um you know he's getting like six strikeouts a week <laughs> if he gets two appearances in he, he's getting six uh-huh. K's and uh now he's going like an inning and two-thirds um and and you know hopefully uh you know i can get a couple of saves out of that but i think it's just last year toward the end of the season where i was really ahead of k's in one league i don't know if it's going to be the case in that so it might be a little harder to do um but you just need to have five six maybe seven guys that have a shot to get a save you know um and if you could piece that together and with a couple of double starts or a couple of really strong starts from, you know, I have Corbin Burns and Dylan Cease, you know, if I could just add a couple more starters and then just fill yeah. it in with these spec saves, you know, then maybe you can grab eight saves in a week, nine saves in a week. And that's yeah. what happened last year. So it's going to be hard to replicate it. It doesn't always work, but right, you right, know, right. Um, good, the opportunity good. is there. Cause I think it's easier to do that than to, um, Try to spend a lot of money on speculative closes now and hope for saves. And then meanwhile, you're just not racking up enough strikeouts and wins possibly and or maybe just lowering your ratios to a point too, where, uh, you know, you could just forward to, you know, tack on saves at the end. So I that's my preferred route. So um, you're going to do. Yeah, I mean, in one league, uh, it's hard because with three guys that could get saves and you could go six and three and really, you know, really go up the saves uh, totem pole. Right. Uh, but, but then you're going to fall behind in wins and K's. Um, I'm not sure whether you should course correct now, or you should, um, you know, uh, say, no, let me rack up some saves as long as I could get them. And then later on, you know, you could go eight starters if you need to. Um, right. So it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing. I think you have to decide based on the matchups and based on, you know, what your pitchers actually look like um, and, and not just say, well, there's one answer on this question. Right, right. I think the teams are the hardest too is like when you have, um, like on one main, I have um, in the overall, 88 percentile in Ks, 98 percentile in ERA, 91 percentile in WHIP. But like K's, I mean, our wins is like 55th, you know, it's just like, you know, everything else is lining up innings pitched, win, uh, K's and ratios, but the wins just aren't falling, you know? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean the, the wins, you could get them from relievers as well as getting them from starters. Yep. Yep. So you, there's no one way to get that, attack that category. Yep. Yeah. So right now it's just power and speed for me. That's mostly where I'm short in a lot of my league. So yeah, it was, it was the reason for getting into Vinny P this weekend. It's, you know, but um, 
have Tyler O'Neill on one team, I'm hoping can come back and help me. And yeah. believe it or not, Jack Dewinsky has just been <laughs> really solid for me. On yeah, multiple. he has. I, yeah, no. I've got him too, and he's really helped helped out a lot. Yeah, and he's getting the batting average up, and he's kicking in a few steals. I really just like his. I like watching him too. For some reason, he's yeah. become a guy that when he comes up, I like. I tend to watch, and yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. He's got a good approach. He's got a good swing. He's not yep. usually like swinging wildly up there. He he seems to be sort of staying within himself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do like him as well. I think he could sort of stay relevant. Um, you know, and I I don't think the Pirates have tons of other guys to put in ahead of them really so um, yeah it's just and just you know it's going to be interesting to see what they do now because you got you know you got to go back you got gamble back so now it's going to really be a little bit of a, a a crunch you know on some of the guys that maybe you've kind of liked on the pirates because you know you know getting getting that playing time and those losing teams is is, is really good you know mm-hmm. because um you, you know they got nothing to really play for and they got a long leash but the pirates might, you know, be interact like Josh Van Meter. Just you know, he, I had Chavis in a lot of leagues. Uh, it was just always a guy H dream too, you know, for like power, a good power, you know, Friday to Sunday matchups or Monday to Thursday. But um, you know, Josh Van Meter just like put a bite into his PT, and I'm just like, why does that need to happen? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> this just really didn't need to happen. And Luis, Diego Castillo is just like smashing, smashing right. lefties, and and you know he he goes on a run with like you know 21 percent barrels in like two weeks, even though when he wasn't that many bad balls events, but really hitting the ball hard, and he's just like, all right, you know, you're gonna start. I think he started twice since um, June 27th. It makes so. no sense. He was really doing well. I mean, it's like the Royals with Edward Olivares. You know, I mean, I don't understand why they just don't play the kid. You know, I mean, I'm not saying he's like going to tear the cover off the ball every game, but what are they, what are they doing? I mean, I, they can't find room for, for him to see if he really can blossom. I, I just don't get it, but. Yeah, um, I think I think it'll open up when Ben Attendi gets traded, you know. Yeah, it, they, they probably should trade him. Yeah, that'll seem to be his best path to getting full full time because he's right. kind of he's kind of you know splitting with Isbell a little bit. Um, and then you still right. got Michael Taylor there, who's you know, I know a lot of people like to poo poo on uh to <laughs> sorry, I get, I get that from Mino Saris just listening to this podcast, he always says poo poo. Yeah. It's so funny when he says it, um, but you know, it, it, he's just, he's solid. He's, he's, he gives them good defense. He's sure. He's good at the stick and uh, he's got some speed. So, but um, yeah. All right. So uh, let's see the next, next thing I, I went through for this week, Rob, I went through the first two rounds of the main event back in March. And I listed the first 30 picks based on ADP in order. And then I looked at the, um, the Rasball player Raider to see mm-hmm. what their rank was as of the weekend uh, and said, well, what's the difference now? Of course, you're going to get mostly negative numbers because these are, you know, the, the draft position is in the top 30. You don't expect every player to also produce value equal to, let's say the number 10 pick in the draft. I mean, that's would be, would be crazy, yeah. but, um, but still there were some guys that really, uh, produced gruffly equal or slightly worse value than their draft pick. And I put their names in caps um, and I put them in a group in group one out of four. 
that they were the best picks, at least to date, um, out of the top 30. And I'll just read their names quickly. Uh, Treya Turner, Jose Ramirez, uh, Bryce Harper, even though he's been injured, he was, he was right there. Um, Kyle Tucker, Mike Trout, Raphael Devers, Mookie Betts, who was on the IL for a while, um, Freddie Freeman, Manny Machado, Jordan Alvarez, and Starling Marte. And I guess what struck me about those guys, Rob, was a lot of those guys were the so-called power and not too much speed guys. Mm-hmm. You know, that like Jordan, Devers, Freeman, um, Trout, and and they they really have returned excellent value. Now, if you say, well, I don't care what the Raswell player Raider says, I needed to I need the steals up front or I can't get them. doesn't matter what. Um, I guess I can sort of see that. That was what I was thinking. But um, I'm sort of taking a fresh look at this and saying, you know, you shouldn't really avoid these guys in the first two rounds. It's great to get one of these, you know, really strong hitters uh, and have them as a sort of a benchmark on your roster. Right. Yeah. Um, Man, it's... uh... Who who's gonna leave this first round next year? You know, Kyle Tucker has been such a quiet 14, 16. I looked yeah. at his numbers the other day and I said, Wow, he's you know, I heard I heard already you know Saris and DVR talking about the first round on their yeah. rates and battle podcast, and and you know, it got me because they were like, you know, Kyle Tucker's gonna be out of the first round. And I said, we've got 14 and 16, like he's gonna be a 30-30 player. And I don't think he's gonna be out of the first round myself. I think he'll be at the back end of it. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's just so many, there's so many players. Like, will 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 Luis Rob like if Luis Robert kind of has like underwhelming numbers this year, you know, at the end, yeah. like yeah. is he is he gonna be a guy that gets out of that first round? Because if he does, I'm all over him in the second. You know? I know. Um, yeah, he, he, should know. Be, he should be in the first, but yeah, you can't have 23 guys in the first round. I mean, I know, I know. But he uh, gonna- yeah, he he certainly has the talent to be in the first round. He homered again today unbelievable yeah i know he's he's an excellent player excellent mm-hmm. player um mm-hmm. then I, the guys i put in group two rob which were sort of losing a little bit of value i think minus what was it minus 20 to minus 50 or something like that on the player raider compared to their adp uh they were boba uh vladimir guerrero garrett cole corbin burns Luis Robert, are we talking about? And uh, and also Josh Hader. Um, so those were the guys that did pretty good. I don't think people have been hurt by them, but they did lose a little bit of value compared to the draft position. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Whit, Whit Merrifield's been a little... Yeah. Oof. Yeah, he's, in, he's in the last category. I mean, there were the guys that were in category four, maybe that's, that's what I should read next is um, let's see. Let me start at the top. Oh, sorry. Um, I thought, I, I thought he was in the category just right. My bad. No, he, um, he's yeah. In the worst category. Um, Acuna is in the category four, but of course he had a, such a late start. That's really the reason why. Right. Um, Walker Bueller. That's been an unfortunate pick because of injury. Um, Ozzie Albies. I went down that path and, 
I still think it was a good pick, but you know, again, it got hurt. What are you going to do? Um, Max Scherzer, because he was out for a while, you know, he still can return good value the rest of the year. Same for Brandon Woodruff, but right now he's category four. Teoscar, he's been disappointing in sort of a quiet way, but, um, and then Sal Perez is also injured. He's, he's down in category four. Shane Bieber, who I didn't think was that, that bad, but he's not been producing value really. And then you mentioned Whit Merrifield. Um, so those are the guys that I think have hurt the owners most up to date, but some of those guys really are not, you know, they can produce down the stretch and really uh, if they're healthy, they, they can lead those teams back up the standings. Yep. Yeah. I definitely agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's so, you know, when you get to talking about the top couple rounds and, you know, I guess there's a point in your head where you just have to, you know, you're just hoping for, if you see some skills diminishing or, or role changes, you know, you're just trying right. to hold on to any type of value that you can, you know? Um, right. So, I mean, for Shane Bieber, he, he, he hasn't been horrible recently, you know, I feel well, like he's, I feel like he's done a good job of, of, you know, not, not, becoming you know old Shane Beaver but um not being terrible you know and with the diminished velo and I don't know so I, I felt like he's 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 done better recently than it seemed like yeah. he was going down a path that 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 was going to be pretty disastrous but he hasn't it's right. been it's, it's been pretty yeah, he's good been producing he's been taking the ball every fifth day and he's been you know generally getting length I mean we're let me ask you a question. So if you're a Mets fan, Max Scherzer, where do you think he goes next year? I mean, let's say he finishes the year healthy. Um, he has a reasonably good uh, three months here. Um, where would you take him next year? Would you go round two? Um, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, especially cause I, I feel like he was in the first and then he had a really good year and he slipped kind of out a little bit because people was like, Oh, he's getting older. And so I think he's still going to lose a couple of, you know, picks that way too, because he's, it'll be the same right. excuse. Oh, he's getting older. Um, right. But I still think that um, in the right type of drafts where, you know, it's flowing where, you know, you're, you're up in the middle of the second and you're like, shit, I got to grab a picture, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of those guys might be forced into, you know, still going to Max Scherzer, you know? Um, sure. Cause I think, it depends how Woodruff does the rest of the year. You know, he'll probably be in that same range that he was this year. Bueller, yeah. I think he'll probably lose, lose, lose a little bit, you know. But then you got these guys that are making their way up, you know, the Dylan C's, the Shane McClanahan, yeah. um, you know, Alcantara, I'm sure will get a lot of love in, in that type sure. of round. So, um, yeah. When are we yeah, drafting? Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got to wait a little bit. Got to wait. All right. All right, so so the I went over the uh, the big ads, and so your your boy Vinny P, uh, unsurprisingly, was the biggest so uh, pickup. He was unowned before last weekend, and now he he's owned in all forty seven main event. The yeah. high bid was the high bid was three seventy three, Rob, and the low successful bid was fifty three. Um, so you know, I think he's he's a good he's a good ad. I think he's shown the the K and walk 
uh, discipline that you want to see from a minor leaguer. And yep. I think he, you know, he definitely has power. I don't know if you saw the line drive home run he hit um, his first, first, first home run. Yep. Um, but he's, uh, I think he's a good at, I think he'll produce. I'm not sure, you know, he's going to be a world beater, but uh, look, this is a uh, tough 15 team environment. If you can add a, a bat like that, I think he's definitely worthwhile if, if you had the resources. Yeah, I think, I think so too. Um, uh, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of me was not inspired by the kind of um, the kind of streaming that I was seeing on a week to week basis, power wise. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's only so many times you can go to the Rugnetto Dorwell or, or the Miguel Cabrera well. You know, and yeah, you just right. so um, I kind of liked him. I liked his profile since the off season. You know, got him in a couple of draft and holds um, before he became really, really, really popular. And like he got a lot of helium in the offseason, you know, sure. while while we were drafting um, and it carried over into the season where he just was hitting really well. Like you said, he's got a great approach, doesn't strike out a lot, hits the ball extremely hard. And, um, you know, in, in when I plugged his uh, rest of the season, projections in um with this with steamer and bad x he you know he 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 was in a good spot a spot where i felt like he was a rest of the season ad and um and it just it merged perfect with me needing power and i just you know i went i went and got him in every single league (laughs) so um you know yeah some leagues i got him you know on a close bid in some leagues, we're not close at all. So, um, okay. Okay. But what are you going to do? You know, just, uh, you you can't uh, know what other people are going to bid before, uh, fab runs. That's for sure. Right. Right. And, um, and so my first main, I got two twenty eight to two Oh one, uh, main two, it was uh three thirteen to one sixty two. I had Uh 643 bucks in that league. I had the most by about $70. Um, I did like some complicated, you know, like in, like inside look into who had fab left, who needed power. I put down right. on a sheet two next to those teams, um, full season points. I put down their first basemen, their corners, their utils, their bench, just to try to see if anyone was going to really, really need him. So I spent, you know, I spent more time on that bid, Good. I think, than a lot. Because in that league, too, say Suzuki was dropped the week before, not like... A long time ago, he was literally dropped last week by Rob Silver within my uh-huh. league. And so they were both available. And I actually had, so for my bid for 313 for Vinny P, my backup bid for Sayo was 233. You know, okay. like he was my next guy listed at 233. Sure. Sure. And then on my second set of bids, I had Suzuki in for 153. So I was trying to get both. I was actively trying to get both hitters. Uh-huh. Um and after I won Vinny P, um, Carlos Macano and his and his um, teammate uh, bid two twenty three on. So uh-huh. I lost that backup. You know, it was backup. You lost, yeah, so I lost I'm, that by seventy bucks. But okay. um, if I didn't get Vinny P, I would have you know got say. Uh, but um, I was trying for both. Todd, that was going to be my thing. <laughs> there you I, go. Yeah, yeah. I tried for both. Um, I, that would have brought me down to about one seventy for the rest of the season. Sure. You could have done so, it on that, sure. 
Yeah, you know, that that's what I was thinking. I was trying to like analyze 12 weeks of fab left. If I could spend 70 bucks in the first eight, you know, in the next eight weeks, that would leave me a hundred bucks for the last month, yeah. last four weeks. So that's what and I just needed it, you know. And now those Azuki comes out and slams two homers, and I'm wishing, uh, but <laughs> You know, I'm happy I didn't drop him. I only have Suzuki in one fab league. I picked him in, um, I drafted him in all my championship. I mean, I held him, I held him this whole time. So uh, okay. it was good to get okay. him back into the lineup. Yeah. So but, uh, uh, the guy that had $998 left did not outbid you, I guess. Schwindy City? No, he's just waiting for Schwindel to come back. <laughs> he'll probably break the bid on Schwindel when he. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in his approach. I, he's got something in mind that I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he. I don't know, Todd. I don't know. Really, <laughs> I really okay, don't well, know. But um, well, yeah. So Vinny P. I know there's been a lot of discussion. The Italian breakfast, a little play yeah. off of the country breakfast. Billy Butler, you know, another Kansas City right. lawyer, that nickname was his given. Then there was Italian beef, which, you know, I asked some people online, like, what is Italian beef. Like there's a lot of different Italian beef, but um, the reason like it became popular, they said because of a sandwich in Chicago, which is like roast beef, you know, like dipped. And I'm like, uh -huh. well, when you play a word association game with Italian food, I think an Italian, like a roast beef sandwich is like number 7,426 yeah. on the list. Yeah. Like that's not making uh, a game where you say name an Italian food, you know, and you're like Italian beef, you know, roast <laughs> beef sandwich. That. Like that's not, no, that's I not. Agree. I agree with that. And so I, I disagreed with the breakfast too because Italians don't have like a staple breakfast. They have like a biscotti with a fucking espresso, you know, and then they <laughs> and then and then they eat something later for lunch. So exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's what why I put in the article. That's what yeah. I put in the article. Yeah, my nickname for him is the Big Brajol. I, I I think <laughs> I like the way he rolls off uh, the tongue. He's he, he's a big guy. I heard Clabagool, like a playoff Gabagool, but Clabagool. I thought that was really cool. Um, right. You know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of fun. And it's so funny, right, Todd? Because I'm wondering, like, this guy's got so much buzz just off of everyone playing a, like a game of his name, you know, sure. and why just so much fun be, because he's a good Italian baseball player and like, everyone's coming out with all these wonderful nicknames for him. Like, sure. like, what he, is it? It's, it's, I don't know, but he's got the, I put in the article, but it, you know, the other nickname he has is the Italian nightmare. Right. Right. And that was mm -hmm. given to him by George Brett. Uh, right. And apparently they asked him, well, what nickname do you prefer? And he said, well, George Brett's in the Hall of Fame, so I got to go with that one. Um, I agree so, with him then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he's got plenty of nicknames. The question is, is he going to have, you know. Is he even though, Todd, even what? though the real Italian nightmare is when you wake up with a horse head in your bed. <clears throat> <laughs> like Godfather, you know. Yes, that, uh, that's a real nightmare, believe me. Uh-huh, that's a real, ah! I don't, want, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to um, experience that myself. Um, no, no, I don't think anyone does. Yeah. yeah. Blood, so number two on the blood, list, we, blood in general on silk sheets doesn't. Uh, doesn't what a scene! Really, what a uh, scene that was! What a scene! Um, yeah. So the Derek Hall, uh, the Philadelphia DH first baseman, mm -hmm. was the number two pickup again in forty-seven leagues. He didn't go for as much money, but. 
there were some healthy bids for him, Rob. There was a 179 successful bid. That was the highest. Some people got him for cheap down to five bucks, but uh, he was pretty widely added. And uh, I think people see the playing time might be there. And he, of course, hit three home runs, which always attracts attention. Um, so uh, what did you think of him? Did you go after him anywhere? I, you know what, honestly, like I said, I needed power and that's why my right. target was Vinny P. Um, but I didn't really have him high in my backups. Um, uh -huh. Like I did have him maybe for like 30 bucks, 30, 30, 32 bucks. Um, and then that was the drop off between like him and and Pascantino and then it was like streamers after that you know so yeah um it wasn't it wasn't a very aggressive bait I really didn't um I don't know I don't really think he's going to be the answer there for the Phillies right. after a while I think he's gonna get a little bit of, um I think the pitchers are gonna get used to him um I don't know just something something about those older you know player power hitters like 27 years old um you know, string of seasons in in double A and triple A of hitting two thirty with you know twenty five percent K rates. I just don't. Yeah, I think he's a strikeout guy, and he could go on a hot streak, I suppose. But I mean, I got him for in one OC for cheap, okay. but uh, but I wasn't really like trying to you know bid uh, you know over fifty dollars for him anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, we'll see. I think he could give some value over a two or three week period, but I'm not, I, yeah, I think co compared to Pascantino, I don't think it's any comparison. Um, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, he, he commanded some pretty big bids, uh, $57 of mean median winning bid compared to pa uh, Pascantino's 169. Um, right. So even Pascantino's median runner up bid was double that of Hall's winning bid. So, Right. But um, yeah, I think I think if I think most people probably had attacking those two players had them one two, you know, in their yeah. in their conditionals. I'm pretty sure that. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I agree, yeah. especially yep. if they need a corner player. Um, mm -hmm. The next two guys were uh, Kenley Jansen type replacement, Will Smith and AJ Minter. Smith went for more. He was had a few really high bids 231 was one of them um and minter's high was only 47 but they were both added fairly widely 38 and 36 leagues and i think people were worried about kenley jensen and his condition and whether he'll be back soon i mean what i've read rob is that he will be back fairly soon um you know he's had these kinds of things before so i i'm not sure that you're going to get like a month of value from Smith or Minter. Um, but I did get, I did get a couple Smiths and one Minter, but they weren't really expensive. So I, okay. I don't feel bad about dropping them if need be. Um, did you mm -hmm. go after either of those two players? I don't know if they were even available in my leagues. Um, okay. I think, I think maybe Smith was, I had him, I had him down somewhere in the back of bids. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a lot. Yeah. No, nah, no, it was probably like two bucks, maybe at the end of the, at the end of a waterfall, just in case, 
just like I think it was one of those where uh, I kind of, you know, needed to drop a player. So I just uh, yeah. I had, I had a whole bunch of guys just in case in there. But, um, I, yeah, I just, um, you know, I was thinking like they're going to committee it until Jansen comes back. And it yeah. just wasn't – I didn't have any drops that were, I think, except for that one league where it was worth, you know, uh, grabbing them just, just in case, you know. But obviously um, – it's something different about when someone like has a heart condition and you kind of don't want to be like, well, if he doesn't come back, this guy's going to be a great pick for me. <laughs> Does that make any sense? I was like, I don't want to root against someone. You know, <laughs> I don't want to root against someone's AFib, you know, that's because that's fucked up. Like my mom has AFib and it's not cool, you know, like, I know, so, I know. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm just going to stay away from this. Like if someone gains okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I get it i get it i'm ruthless todd but you know something about like heart condition i'm like I, okay. i'm not it's rooting i'm not rooting serious. against that guy I yeah agree. okay yeah um but, uh, the next guy on the list was a, a young phenom starting pitcher named patrick corbin um, <laughs> he had 12 strikeouts rob last week yeah and uh he's had increased velocity readings so were you buying this at all? I did not put him on my list, but I think he did. And this week, he's already had one start, right? And he looked pretty good. Um, it was pretty decent. He didn't get um, as many swings and misses and strikeouts against a pretty meh Marlin lineup, which was kind of a little disappointing. Um, okay. But I did have him probably for about, Six or seven bucks, I think. Um, but it was mostly a Vinny P weekend. So, um, yeah, you were focused on that. Right. In one league where um, I think Corbin was available, Matt was available, and I spent the money to get uh, Stephen Matt instead. Because uh-huh. I just think for the rest of the season, as long as the shoulder is, is, is okay, then I think that's uh, a no brainer in terms of value for the rest of the season. Right. And um, I think in another league, I had him for about six, seven bucks as well, but someone uh, got him over me and I ended up with uh, Andres Munoz. Okay. Okay. Him. So, yeah, no, no Corbin, although, you know, he, he, he's, I have him. Oh man. I have him on a lot of teams for draft champions and uh, the NFBC fifties. Um, he was just, you know, when he came around, when it was 450, pick 500, he was always a guy of like, yep, I'll take a chance. Yep, I'll take a chance, you know, because when you get into that, you know, uh, part of the draft, when you kind of like maybe throwing the projections a little bit away and just, you know, there's a lot more variance at the bottom of the pool. So oh, I was yeah. just like, if yeah. Patrick Corbin can just get back to, and sometimes you just innings, right? And, and, yeah, right. You just need a that, guy to throw out there. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, that's the allure in a DC in that late, we're just grabbing a guy that, you know, yeah. So, but I, I started him everywhere, I, you know, for sure. And on all those teams, because, um, you know, him and a lot of, uh, a lot of him and a lot of Quintana and, uh, yeah, he's looked good. He's looked good. You know, yeah. And he was very <laughs> I was very scared of him in uh in in my um you know uh league because 
they played the Yankees, you know, game one. And right. he, yesterday, yeah, yesterday. yeah, he did really well. Five innings, he, one on one. I watched it, of course, as I'm a Yankee fan, and he looked good. I mean, he was he was moving the ball around and, you know, he wasn't throwing super hard, but, you know, he looked like he had control of the strike zone. I, I, I don't see any reason why he couldn't be a reasonably decent pitcher in a 15 team league. Yep. Um, anyway, the, the, the other five guys that were comprised the top 10 pickups, Rob, I'll read the names and you comment on anybody that you want. Uh, Harold Ramirez of Tampa, Felix Bautista, sort of the backup closer in, in uh, Baltimore. Bruce Dark Gradwell, because Kimbrell uh, is having some issues. Leody Tavares, back again as a speed source. And Gavin Sheets, uh, who has been hitting better lately. Um, so anybody that you went for or want to comment on? Yeah, I think um, Harold Ramirez was probably on every single one of my list. Uh-huh. Um, he was probably, uh, slotted behind Vinny P where he was available, you know, in, um, in my leagues as, you know, uh, second in line. Um, yeah. In some spots I had him ahead of hall because I, I kind of had an, a need for outfield and first base. So um, right. he filled that. I didn't get him cause I got Vinny P. Um, right. I did get him in a OC um for cheap and i also got him in my auction league um for 32 bucks so okay i love the skill set he hits the ball really hard doesn't lift it as much he's almost like a mini like yandy diaz clone um yeah but when he first had the opportunity at playing time he wasn't getting it and i was kind of frustrated i have him on a couple of dcs and i was like oh man it stinks like all these guys are getting hurt margot's hurt kiermaier's hurt and he wasn't getting everyday run it was still kind of like platooning him. And then he went on a streak with, you know, uh, a bunch of games played straight. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is phenomenal. He's he's not playing today, but it's his first day off since June 25th. So yeah, he, play, um, he plays regularly and he, he always seems to have a good batting average. Yeah, no, I think he's a really, and I watched him in a couple of games. He's got a really good approach. He's just like a really professional hitter, and he hits uh-huh. he hits the ball really hard. And he, uh-huh. um, like I said, he just doesn't have a ton of lift, but uh, right. when he does, right. he, you know, you don't, you don't get him looking for home runs. I don't think um, it's just amazing how you know, like their their team stays so competitive with so many, like Manny Margot, Brandon Lau, and even Mike Zanino. You know, being out, that's a lot of. Right of their impact veterans, you know, and then, and then you just get like, you know, they just roll in these guys, you know, and uh, even Bruhan's like not playing well. Yeah. He, he lost PT, but he's still around. The Brett right. Phillips I mean, every then has a great game. Um, Wander Franco really hasn't uh, been all that people hoped. Um, and Randy Rosarena for fantasy. I know like everyone, like to shit on him too, but eight homers and eighteen steals is, is, is no, he, no... He's, been, he's been fine for for our fantasy game for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely, think, uh, no no doubt. But yeah, I mean they're competitive. I think if the season ended today, they would be the last wild card team in the AL. Yep, yep. Um, so that would be that's pretty uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so um, I know Felix Bautista was pretty popular um, for you know. I think Perez is, uh, I mean, Lopez is losing a little bit of, of uh, the top tier skill set we saw from him 
um, right. early in the season. It's still pretty good. He's just um, hasn't he had been a, as, he and I think he's just game. yeah, yeah. He had a rough two games, but like I think when you got to look at it as a whole, like and how good he's been, you know, yeah, he overall. has been good. He has been good. And you know, I think a lot of people are banking on the oh, they're gonna just get value for him, but what if they don't want to? I mean, um, every time every time the trade deadline rolls around, and remember. The trade deadline isn't until August, so there's only two months after the deadline. Yeah. Um, but every every year, Rob, you know this, um, they talk about maybe like 10 or 12 relievers, of which four of them actually get moved. So, yep. so I mean, I, I'm not completely buying that, okay, Lopez has been good. He's on a bad team. Therefore, he's going to be traded. I think that's far from a sure thing. Um so, yeah, I mean, Bautista did have one save op that they gave him and then he didn't convert it. Um, yeah, so, I know. <laughs> no, but our, uh, my good friend Toby, Backflip Crazy, you know, he, he, he speculated on Bautista this week. And, um, you know, because of the possible changing of the guard or just, you know, the, taking advantage of the ineffectiveness. And he, he was so excited that, you know, it lined up for him. And, of course, it didn't, you know, that always works out, you know. Um, like that when you you know you just get a nice spec and and everything yeah. is working just as you want it to and the guy gets in the game and he just bombs he just, it. it's like he's you know been great all year in a setup setup role and then all of a sudden he's got to finally got the save up he's got an opening and he gives up three runs or something it's so disappointing right so because and 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 toby even talked about it on the pod last night with Bubba, it's just, you know, great pod. If anyone doesn't listen to that pod, it's, it's just definitely get on that uh, Bubba in the back yeah. flip. And they do a you great know, job. Yeah, yeah, they do a great job. And, and you know, they were talking about that. They were talking about how how often we're wrong, you know, playing this this uh, fun little hobby about. But when you get it right or, you know, how it feels so good, especially when it lines up for you to get it right sure. and it's, everything falls apart and you're like, oh. You know, it's just, it's, uh, it's just, you know, so close it's, uh, and yet so far. Yeah. 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 So I know Batista was pos- you know, popular. I didn't look that way at all. Um, no, neither did I. Neither did I. Because, you know, like that was the whole thing about Brandon Hyde. Like, oh, he's not going to pick a closer. And then now he does have a closer. So, right. you know, if, 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 if they go away from Lopez, is, is, is it back to just one guy and he's on another team? You know, it's just a different guy or is it just, I don't know. It's um, it's hard to know. I mean, Dylan Tate got one save last week, I believe. Right, um, Tate Tate's really good. He he's he's one of those driveline guys that's just getting better in terms of pitching and, and in terms of movement and getting harder to hit. And um, they got that guy Vespi had one blow one blow up, but he's been really good. Um, yeah, yeah, they've got a good bullpen there. Yeah, uh, yeah, which is. Which is, I don't know, it's just, uh, I just don't know if it's a lock they try to move Lopez. That's the only no. thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't um, think so. I, don't think I mean, not to say they're going to make the playoffs, but they're, they're, they've yeah. been playing well enough to just like at least be respectable. And yeah, if you can get, good. if you can get to 75 wins, maybe, or 70 wins, it just plus anything with all the stuff they have going on in their youth that it, it just might be worth to stick around, you know? I think they got a reasonably good core compared to like three years ago when it looked like they had nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, right. So I, I, I think they're headed in the right direction finally, which I don't see why you, you take that and you start selling off spare parts all the time. Um, right. 
but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think because their um, their their minor league is, is stacked. You know, yeah. there's they're, they're doing a good job of assembling players. Gunnar Henderson and and yep. uh, the other the other infield up there with him. Forget the other shortstop, his name, but of course, Grayson Rodriguez and Kyle Stowers is yeah, yeah. they got a nice little they got a nice little thing going on there. I do. I, I agree with you. Yep. Um, all right. So, do you want to drop down to the wow bit of the week? Yeah, drop down, drop down. Okay, so obviously Vinny was the wow bid, three seventy three. Um, the runner up for that particular bid was one eighty seven. So this guy uh, was like you; he was going to get him. Um, and uh, there were forty three out of the forty seven bids for Vinny that were over a hundred dollars. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, I think I think people really that were waiting like you. Um, decided we we're going to spend the bulk of our remaining fab on him, and um, and he wasn't he, he didn't break into the top five all for all year, but still it was a pretty impressive bid for early July in my opinion. Um, yep, yep. Because I think a, a lot of people at this point, you know, me too, was was just was it going to be on Max Meyer, you know, or right. Grayson Rodriguez or Vinny P and um Grayson's obviously out Max Meyer is back pitching well but you just kind of wonder if they might just want to see him keep pitching in the minors and not I don't know I just thought it was more of a of a lock for him to you know come in and and give right. give the most bang for the buck you know plus plus uh you know even if one of those guys does come up in like three weeks you have an extra three weeks of Pasquantino so right. uh to, to wait until August 1st or something, I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, when you can get a guy in uh, the first part of July. Right, right. Um, yeah, so the wow bid was, the biggest wow bid, when you really go wow, is definitely, I mean, Will Smith is a lot for 231. I, I, again, he's, you know, even if you're looking for two weeks of saves, um, 231 and 212 the the 99s the $50 bids that's all that's all you know that's all like you're thinking worst outcome for Kennedy Jansen right I right. just think that's well, too way too I much. guess if, you, if you're maybe your only closer is Jansen and you're really scared he's going to be out I don't know um maybe that's the situation and this these owners had lots of fab left um my favorite, think, though, my favorite pick, my favorite what? wow pick has got to be kind of for left. <laughs> 193 for kind of for left. Yeah, that, I mean, was a, that was a lot of money. What are you getting? You, you're getting a, a half a barrel percent. Half. Yeah, so you've already dropped down to the, uh, the Century Club where I showed the, the bids over 100. And yes, Isaiah kind of for left, I went for 193. And uh, in the one league where he was picked up, that's hard to believe. Um, I mean, it's hard to believe. I mean, a guy. It's hard to believe. I, I just don't. I don't buy it. Even if you needed a shortstop, I, I don't see why you're doing that. But um, DJ LeMay, who was picked up in one league, that was surprising to me. Max Muncy was apparently available in one league. Um, you mentioned Suzuki. Uh, he was available in that one main event. Um, Jose Barrios was dropped. 
I mean, I guess I see that more as a drop because he's been so inconsistent, but somebody bid 286 to get Berrios. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of, um, you know, picking up other people's trash, you know, and hoping that they can, these guys can turn around. And uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it works, you know. We, we all, it's, it's a human thing, Rob, where you get really disillusioned with a guy on your team. And meanwhile, if you had never drafted him and he was available as a free agent, you might be actually betting on him. So it's, right. it's kind of crazy. It's a sort of a mental game you got to play with yourself is, do you really want to drop this guy or do you want to try to hold on? Um, but um, anyway, there were 59 over $100 bids and 23, there were over 200. Of course, 19 out of the 23 were Vinny. Um, and two, two of the remaining four were Will Smith for Atlanta. So yep. anyway, the dropping down to what's left, uh, 282 left as an average per team. Um, so people have spent about $718 on average. And, uh, you know, my theory based on last year was that $57 is going to be unspent. So really, you're talking about, you know, low 200s as an average. Um, and I think uh, many teams are in the 100s. I, I have a couple of teams in the 100s. And uh, there's a few teams in the 300s. And there's uh, a couple of random teams, like you said, with 998 or something crazy. But um, I think the main spending... The main spending has been done for the year. I mean, it, there'll be lots of twenty and thirty dollar pickups, but I don't think you're going to see as many one hundred plus bids. No, no. I think whoever has that money is going to be, like I said, if Max Maya gets called up or right any other top you know prospect. I don't know who has like realistically. Uh, a chance of, of of coming up, you know, um, or or just a random guy has dropped in your league that was unexpected. People could bid high. Uh, yeah, for that. right, exactly. That's that's gonna be the uh, that's gonna be the guy, you know, yeah. uh, like like a Suzuki getting dropped, or you know, someone where anyone will covet a, a rest of season type impact, yeah, like back, somebody that's you know? out injured that a that a that an owner decides to drop because they don't need them as much. Somebody else will bid a lot of money to get them and hope, hope that they come back quickly or something. Um, yep. Mm -hmm. that, that's my theory. But I think uh, most of the spending has been done. Is, uh, and, and I went, uh, let's see, the next section was the Coliseum where we had four new entrants. And always like to get your thoughts, Rob, on whether you agree with my ratings on these guys. But <laughs> let me just read the names quickly. Um, we had Gabriel Marino, who I gave a loss. He he's had a decent average, 325, but no homers or steals. Um, Jake Berger, who batted 158, I gave a loss to. Jason Adam, I gave a push to. He's pitched reasonably well, got a win and a save, but he's not been the savior that people might have hoped. And then the last guy was Christian Bethencourt. Who qualifies as a catcher? He batted 182, no homers, no steals. He was he was hitting well before he was picked up, but then he kind of went into a tailspin. So three losses out of four and one push. Did you uh, disagree with any of those ratings? Uh, yeah, I'd probably give Adams a loss too. 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I won savings in four weeks. I don't know. I feel like if you had him in there, he was, was hurting your team, you know? Three weeks, but yeah. You're right. Three weeks. Sorry. Yeah, three weeks. But 5Ks in one save in three weeks? I don't know. It's yeah, just yeah, not enough for me. Not enough for me. Really actively, he didn't really actively hurt you with a .95 whip. and But yeah, he wasn't really doing much for you either. Right. Um, so yeah, I agree. I, I, you could have put him in the loss column. But um, the record is still, even with this was like the worst week, but the record is still ahead of last year. So if, if that's just a minor bump, then we're still going to be uh, ahead. If it's sort of the beginning of a slide, then then uh, we might tail down into where we were last year, which is only 24% good pickups out of uh, all of last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm not sure where that's going to end up. Um, and then it's just the standings. I can go through them if you'd like, uh, yeah. sort of briefly. So okay. uh, Robert Kremitola is our leader as of Monday morning. Um, he's a, he's for the first time he's leading the overall main event. Um, Bob Katsarumpas is in second. We have Ben Tid, Scott Genstad in fourth, and Kyle Brinkman in fifth. So those guys have really solid teams. I did mm -hmm. show um, Robert Kremitola's top ten selections in the main event that he's using to lead the, the overall contest, and you can see that he. He drafted Luis Robert first, Woodruff second, so he's getting him back. He drafted Aaron Nola third, so he had two good aces up front. And then he went with Nick Castellanos, Kenley Jansen, so he's a little iffy there with one of his closers. Uh, Will Smith, the catcher, Kyle Schwarber, who I think is powering a lot of strong main event teams right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he went with Bregman, Swanson, and Michael Kopech. Um, so that's a pretty good first 10. Um, and I think, uh, I think he's got a good solid team that can compete over the second half of the season. Yep. Totally agree. Solid team. Yeah. Solid team. And, uh, right now, if he, especially if he gets Jansen and, um, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Woodruff gets back to form, I think he's, he's going to be tough to beat. Yep. Um, yep. Then uh, I did also divulge the uh, Phil Dassault drink that he uses before the draft. I don't know if you saw that, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it's, it's in the article. And uh, you were mentioned as the, because you're the spokesperson for Team Dassault, um, that you were responding to the fact that this was divulged and you didn't really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, people have to read the article to see exactly what drink he uses. Maybe, maybe there'll be a lot of people drinking it before the main event in Las Vegas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> maybe. Anyway, you never know. Um, then I did show also the league standings. Of course, I won't go through them. But again, there's lots of uh, lots of guys up near the top. You're doing really well, Rob. Congrats to you. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you. I think. Um, you know, you got a first, a second, and you're 27th overall. And uh, there's a lot of other guys that are multiple league winners. I always like to mention uh, Ned Donahue because he's just uh, he's dominating in three leagues. Um, and uh, and there's a few other guys too, Douglas Gruber and um, you know Scott Wagner are doing really well. 
uh, John Posma, of course, I could mm -hmm. sort of expect that. Um, but anyway, a lot, a lot of uh, strong performers, and I, I feel like we're turning the corner into the second half, and there's going to be still a lot of movement, but um, now is when you really see the separation over the July and August period. Um, yeah. So uh, in the articles coming up, I'll just tell you that um, I am going to start going over the, the league standings in more detail, doing a few leagues every week just to try to analyze who's ahead and who's you know close in second and third and that sort of thing. Um, so uh, that's my plan for the upcoming weeks instead of looking so much at the uh, categories uh, which we've already covered. Nice. I like it. I like it. We're, we're in, uh, we're right in this stretch right now where, I mean, yeah. you're pretty much deciding if you got a shot at the overall or if you're right. just going to go more league focused, exactly. um, you know, and, and, and you got to run with it, you know, you got to keep chipping away. Um, yep. I noticed too, in your, you know, when you note, when you note the average, you know, first, second and third place score, for the teams uh, in each league. And it just seems like the third place um, keeps creeping up, you know? Yeah, so it seems like, yeah, it seems like the teams are bubbling up to that first kind of, you know, three teams are getting, you know, stronger, uh, bubbling up to the top. Um, yeah. 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 I got 200 bucks in one. What's that? It used to be under a hundred for third place. And now it's up to 102.5. Yeah. So yeah. it's, there is a little separation in a lot of leagues where the top three or four teams are a little further ahead of the pack. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I'm, I, I'm actually, um, let's see. Uh, I was just looking at this. Where did I lose it now? I lost it. I lost it. I lost <laughs> it, Todd. Um, okay. Oh yeah. In, in my, um, my my main event where Bobcat Rumpus is is leading the uh he's in second lead, place overall. Yeah, second overall. Um I was in second to start the week. I'm I've been I caught a about a six point slide already in the week. Um but yeah, yeah. um my third place score at one eleven or one twelve is uh two points. Oh, no, sorry, tied with Steve Jupinka is uh um the highest third place score. There's, there's, there's some there's some leagues with like you know 98, 92, uh 99 and a half, 97. Right. right. And uh, you know, um being like, man, I have you know 112, 111 points and I can't even get into second. You know, it's tough. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you know, it's just some the way the leagues uh roll out. Yeah, yeah just, I mean yeah. Look, if you if you were in third uh, with ninety two, I think what that means is there's like seven or eight teams in contention for the top three spots. If you're in third with one twelve, I think that means that yeah, you're unfortunately you're not higher, but there's not as many teams that are going to have a chance to get one twelve. So right. you're 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 separated a little bit, and hopefully you can just close in on the top two guys. Um, but yeah, I mean there's a few leagues that are everybody's like nineties and eighties. And those, those will be exciting in their own way because a lot of teams can win that one. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we went through another uh, wonderful podcast, Todd. Um, <laughs> get a little back to the future in there. We got a little, 
uh, Vinny Pascantino. Yeah, look, what, contest uh, to follow. Well, I'll text you tomorrow with our scores. What's your favorite Italian? What's your favorite mob movie, Todd? Mob movie. I mean, you got to go with The Godfather, right? I mean, well, you don't so, have to. I'm asking you. Okay. Well, I think that's what I would go with. One, two, or two. Oh no, the first one. Yeah. First one. Did you like one of the others better than the first one? I think I'm a two fan. You're a two fan. I've, I've yeah. heard that before that uh, out of all the movies in history that have had a sequel, that The Godfather's 2 is one of the highest rated by audience. Um, have to be. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, most of the times it's just a knockoff and they don't really uh, advance the characters much. And in Godfather 2, they really actually did that. Um, yeah, so, totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I was just disappointed that Sonny uh, got killed so early in the series. You know, James Conn, right. I like, always liked him. Santino. <laughs> I know. He, it's such a fucked up way, too. Yeah. Man, you know, you start driving and you get to the, to the toll booth. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Hope it doesn't happen to me, you know? Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, fucking bag of shit, you know, beat up on his sister and let him right into it. Yeah, Ugh. exactly. What a Terrible. scurve. What yeah. a scurve. <laughs> I you know, it, it's I just love all love all, like Goodfellas and and Bonk Tale too. It's just they're really so good also, you know, all in their separate ways. They're all they all had like different ways they hit me, you know. Um but uh it's fantastic. And of course, the Soprano series. If any, you know, if anyone's looking for a good new series to watch, not really new, but it's called Gamora on HBO, and it's uh, yeah. about the, yeah, it's about the Italian um, drug trade in in Italy right now, and like Naples, and it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. It's uh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, I mean, one of my favorite shows that I watched. Uh, Pretty good, pretty pretty solid. Not really like um mafia per se, more like uh you know, drug empires and stuff like right, that. Right, it's, right. Uh, it's pretty cool. And it's 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 uh it's good, good movie. But um yeah, you know, Bronx Tale, Goodfellas, Godfather. Can't really go wrong with that, you know. In honor yeah. of Vinny P, you gotta watch all three of them. <laughs> but uh yeah. All right, Todd, good stuff this week. Well, wish thank you, another, you Rob. Uh, fantastic week. And again, tell everyone where they can find your. Yeah, so my uh, article, if, if people want to see last week one, for example, is a, it's on spstreamer.com. And uh, I'm at Telstar7 on Twitter. Um, and I uh, hope to have another one out uh, next Monday. Um, and we'll be over the 50% mark of the season. So, uh, you know, I think it'll be kind of interesting to see as we sort of go into the next phase of the competition. Right. Fantastic. I mean, it's uh, every time we get close to the end of the season, you know, it's it's like bittersweet. And in a way, it's like I said before, it's like, all right, let's start a new draft already, you know. <laughs> but um, I, have, I, I have an idea to do something maybe during All-Star Week where we do like kind of a little of uh, not a mock mock draft because I hate mock drafts. We'll have to put something right. behind it. We'll have to put some meaning behind doing. Maybe we can get a round up, you know, 15 people and do an actual sure. draft. Um, maybe, maybe with like, you know, like we were doing tonight, uh, something with really simplified stats 
you know, where, where you're not, it's not a 10 category roto thing or something. It's just some simple stats and see, see where people take, you know, some of these guys that were just, uh, you know, not sure about where they're going to go. Right. Yep. Absolutely. All right, Todd, let's go Yankees. Let's go Mets and uh, Definitely. all that fun stuff. All right. Talk Thanks. to you next Good week. To talk to you. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Paul Hitter podcast. Going to try to come at you with another episode later in this week. And um, yeah, go from there. I haven't decided what or who I'm going to bring on yet. But we're trying to get to something at the end of the week. And uh, once again, thank you everyone for reaching out. Uh, starting some dialogue on Twitter. It's really cool to meet everyone who listens to the podcast. And I uh, appreciate everyone who's saying that, you know, that's really been helpful into, you know, diving into strategy, roster construction, and episodes that came out years ago are still relevant now to them. And it's really cool. I'm really glad that... Uh, we can give people the opportunity to learn through um, hearing what other guests, um, what other fantasy baseball players do in their process and how they attempt to win. So, um, yeah, really, uh, really glad to see that. So thank you for everyone who's taking the time out to give a rating and review. Super, super appreciative and uh, really love you guys and girls for doing that. So thank you so much. And um, remember to, uh, most important thing is, you know, don't be a bag of shit. Don't be a scurve either, right? Don't be a scurve. It's pretty much the same thing as a bag of shit, but a little more dirtier. You know, you have to be like a little more of a dirty person to do that scurvy things. Um, and a yam bag. Don't be a yam bag either. Um, all three of those. All right. Peace.